0: Well, strap on your boots. It's time for Upholding Matters. Hi, I'm David Paul. This is our 11th show, and what a good time to have a podcast. Now, if I were a comedian, it might also be a great time. But this is the best of times for a critical examination of what's going on in America and how we're going to uphold the values that we choose I was at a meeting on homelessness the other day, and I got to participate even though I'm not a uh, panel member. And I was asked what the values, it was a startup group, that this uh, commission should have. And I thought, well, I didn't answer because values must be chosen from the person. And so mine aren't going to set the terms of the committee, but I guess they're just looking for they're the commission. They're just looking for opinions. But I know that values must be chosen from values clarification. They must be chosen from alternatives. And you must know the consequences. You must always act, also act on your values, and you must act on them consistently and repeatedly. So... This is what values are, and they're a very personal thing. There's been a lot of good TV today with Justice Kennedy resigning from the Supreme Court and all the talking, and there's some really snappy talkers that I really admire their willingness to throw it around. So I can't remember the one snappy thing right now. But I like short-to-the-point truths. And you may have heard that they didn't plan to fail. They just failed to plan. And values are something like that, in that people don't choose to fail. They just fail to choose. And that's where, within the values clarification, they try and point out that you have to choose a value and choose it from alternatives. A lot of us have never had an alternative. We were imprinted early with certain ways, biases or imprints, whatever it is. But we were affected by how we were raised, where we came from, the people we came into contact with. And a lot of us This one new course I'm taking on Coursera is about meditation, but it's the second week, and uh, it's about self-reflection. And you look back, and you realize that things do change over time. You're not afraid of the same things you used to be. But some people still worry. They have the habit of worrying. And I think we all do. But nowadays, there are more things than ever to worry about. So not considering things or reflecting positively, uh, comprehensively, being willing not to do the work of thinking it through. These are more important than ever that we up our skills in cognitive assessment of a situation. And I don't know why I threw that in. Just think about it. Just think about it. And it is interesting to me about how the Supreme Court comes up now and the many faceted connections that we really need to examine. It does take the attention away from the children that had been taken from their parents and were having a hard time tracking. The judges ruled that we must reunite them and if it's not even possible to do within the constraints of the ruling, it's uh, 15 days for young kids and 30 days for all other kids to be put back with their parents. So let's see if we can accomplish that and, of course, stop taking them away. But these are ways in which the Supreme Court matters because they're supposed to be a co-equal branch of government and not aligned with or subservient to the executive branch, that's for sure. There have been rulings in the past that have been overturned and reversed, that didn't really make our country look good. And I hope you'll look some of this up. It's just very interesting stuff. It, it shows how life has changed, and I'm old enough to have lived through times that were almost like looking at an old black and white movie. The cars were big and of that era, men wore hats and there were very defined roles in society and you drank and you smoked in the office. It's, it's just different times and there were certain lines that codes of conduct that people didn't cross. And uh, that existed, even though all these things still, no matter, you know, the malarkey, the hanky-panky, the things that people don't want you to see, these aren't new things. So no matter if there's a conservative or a, compared to now, much more conservative mindset in the population, It doesn't mean that there weren't people doing their thing. We just knew about it much less. So the court, the Supreme Court, will be important in certain decisions that are certainly going to come. And that involves issues of immigration. And it also involves rights that uh, could be taken away that people have gotten used to. For instance Roe v. Wade and abortion it could be kicked back to not being federally protected but being returned to the states to make the decisions about whether it would be legal or how accessible it would be and leave that up to the states and we know certain states will not allow it Texas So if you think about Texas and a woman in Texas, abortion is such a divisive issue. And this is where you have to look at all the sides of it. Uh, People have been getting abortions for years. And I don't mean to make light of it but it's not a safe thing to do without proper medical care. And a lot of women have paid the price through the years. So on that, those grounds alone, it just seems sensible that there should be some way for a person who is determined to end a pregnancy to do it. And there are... It's always... Fascinated me that the people that decry it and make it a major issue and will fight and die for it, kill for it, over it, don't examine critically all the data. For instance, it's a fact that if you consider if... All of the children that have been aborted, that sounds very reprehensible, doesn't it? But if they had all lived and gone to uncaring, unwanted homes, grown up in poverty and subjected to all sorts of cruelty, they grow up, especially people of color in our system, to fill the prisons and there'd be a lot more people in prison. There'd be a lot more disharmony. It's so hard to imagine. I mean, that's why looking at some of these Supreme Court cases is really a neat, interesting study. If you think about how the world turned at that moment, and there are so many things that you could look at, so many moments, not necessarily just Supreme Court cases, but moments in our history that have turned us in a direction. It's fascinating to learn about our history. It's even better to plan our future. And in light of what I've been seeing just today in the news, we are going to be making history as a nation while we plan our future, which is to say enough. It seems like, from what I can see, there are going to be many marches this weekend to tell the government to stop taking children away from their parents. It's... In an insane set of circumstances, it's just one more thing to burden us, and that's why I want to hold everything up. You up, me up. I want you to hold me up. We have to uphold each other. These are tough times. If you really look at, at what is happening, I don't want to dismiss my own personal responsibility. But it's easy to say that, look, here's a guy that just makes stuff up out of whole cloth, just lies. And it's like the emperor's new clothes. No one can tell him. Uh, So I feel bad about inaccuracies or uh, mispronouncing a name or getting it wrong. These things, uh, you know, I try to create as pure a product as I can, as close to the truth, the actual fact of the matter. But I saw a rally on the news, and this is the thing about it. It can't be fake news if this is what Donald Trump is saying at a rally in Wisconsin. And he's talking about how he won the state so big, and uh, paraphrasing, But the part was his historical remembering. And he told this room packed with uh, full of, uh, you know, semi-political people, Republicans, that no Republican president had won Wisconsin since way back, Eisenhower or something. And it's just not true. Every Republican president has won Wisconsin. And no one can tell him that The president of the United States should not go to a place and, you know, it's like saying the Cubs didn't win the World Series or something. They finally did. Go Cubs. And then he talked about U.S. Steel calling him, telling him that they're opening six, and then he changed it to seven new factories. And U.S. Steel can't say, no, that's not true. They released some cryptic letter that said, and there were one financial reporting form of a quarterly difference in this. So it's just nonsense. There's no such thing. There are no steel mills coming back for God knows what if we need them. And he talks, it's frightening. And today, uh, this poor guy, Rob Rosenstein, who is the assistant attorney general, uh, he was grilled on Capitol Hill along with the uh, FBI director, Chris Ray. And some of these questions, uh, there's this one Congressman Jordan and he asked this guy of deep integrity, the, the head of the Justice Department for all practical purposes, with Jeff Sessions being recused from so much that's going on. And he asked him if he was lying because he'd heard a story from staff members, or it was reported that they said that, and it was very convoluted, but but he compared a rumor he heard from staffers with political ambitions to the Assistant Attorney General of the United States, and called into question his honesty while the world watches, and it, it makes no sense. It it violates all the norms. And then this Trey Gowdy guy, he, he wants to uh, be a judge, so he's resigning from Congress. And he says it's taken too damn long and all this stuff he did. And he's the guy that had those Benghazi hearings for years and spent so much money and never got a single indictment or anything. And here, Robert Mueller, in this short amount of time, has actually got convictions and uh, it's, it's it's They just talk out of their other hole. It doesn't make any sense that they but Well, now, if you understand what they're doing, they are trying to demand documents from this is why uh, the assistant attorney general is such a dog because he won't turn over uh, records, actual Justice Department files about the case that they're going to take and give to Trump so he can plan his defense. And then if they don't do it, what he gets to say is, well, see, you're in violation of Congress. We're going to censor you. And this will give some pretext for this guy to be fired. And there's no shame. There's no, you know, there's no care of what it does or how it looks or how silly, absolutely silly it is. So the thing of it that amazes me a lot is that what this does, as uncomfortable as it is, is to wake people up you have to be aware You have, and I hope you find someone that's talking and I hope you've talked to someone else uh, we have to talk I saw Michael Moore on late night TV and he was a little more radical than uh, Stephen Colbert's lead jokes and a lot of the shows uh, the humor shows but he says people are going to have to put themselves in the line and he doesn't specify how exactly but put your bodies in the you know we're Americans and we should not fight each other we should just all wake up together like click our heels or something and figure out a way to wake up i'm going to talk about civility in a minute I guess I should start by wishing this weekend's protesters all safe journeys. It's, well, we've seen some of these uh, counter demonstrations come up, and they worry me because not only do people get hurt and in some cases die, but it shows a level of conflict that if you just put your head to it for a second, you'd realize is, is not worth it. For instance, people are marching to send a message that America does not take children from their parents for seeking asylum in our country. And, you know, it's hard to fathom the other side, the... No, you should take their children's side. And it's a small group, I hope. But still, I wish safe journeys to all the people that are rising up and putting it on the line to say no more. Of course, no more in many respects means forevermore. We must be constantly vigilant and paying attention. And if anything, some people, and don't kick yourself too badly to get into this late or say, well, wish I wish I'd done something sooner. Uh, there's been a lot of good activism, and there's room for plenty more expressions of protest. Uh, we're going to see Uh, this Robert Mueller stuff is coming pretty soon and then they're going to be a real problem we have this um, we talked earlier about Justice Kennedy retiring and somehow he thinks that he can go Rest assured that Donald Trump will put something, someone in there uh, like they all agreed upon, according to him, that uh, would be like him. Have his same judicial philosophy and uh, be more centrist right than uh, just an ideologue in a 5-4 vote. So but of course they want to take away roe v wade and a bunch of other things and i guess it is it's it's constant vigilance and constant participation and you can't not participate that's why i like so much attending local city meetings council meetings other commission meetings because that's where you get the pulse of what's actually going on in the grassroots. We live in a city that hires the sheriff's police. We could have our own police force. We spend millions of dollars on public safety to hire the sheriffs. They're short, like 22 officers, full paid positions. They're just not there. So they cover the shifts with other things. and our city is considering getting its own auxiliary supplemental force and our own chief. And so these were things when I moved here originally that were always in question, you know, why do we need the sheriff's deputies and not our own police? And there are political reasons, there are union reasons, there's all sorts of reasons, but if it's no longer feasible if they can't support it then you know fill the slots it's very hard to get qualified people to want to join the police with the bad rap but it's not made any easier by the assault on justice by the executive branch all these things are so so bizarre when we're all trying to do better but i like to go to the meetings And I had my son's 16th birthday on council night. And I just wanted to go in there and tell the birth story of how he was born and the trauma that my older son went through because he'd never been away from both his parents at the same time. And my brother was visiting. Fortunately, and uh, there's funny stories. My big Rottweiler didn't know my brother, and he tried to comfort my little guy. And he was, you know, grrr, whatever you call that, gurgling <laughs> or pre-growling. And uh, so that was probably a little tense. But that was more to the trauma of my other son, who was separated from his parents. So the march is so beneficial and telling that story then i wanted to uh at the meeting end with the city should call for uh, just a resolution that says that we want the children given back and not separated in the future we've done that for burying dead terrorists and So, it doesn't matter. It's just symbolic. It's not enforceable. It's not even anything. It's just a statement. And I wanted one, but uh, I couldn't get in. So, because I had to leave early and we actually had another meeting. And life is pretty busy. But I do like to show up. I do like to attend meetings. And I do like to participate. So, In spirit, I'm with all the marchers, and who knows, maybe I can find a place where I can go and raise my voice, too. Happy protesting, my friends. It wouldn't be a podcast close without the scampering of my cats. I hear them thundering around. This is the time. Let's be thundering cats. Yeah.